there's this commercial for a local paving stone company and it has the poor guy like he's not poor he owns a company how can he be poor that's enough for a commercial but he has his whole entire family in this commercial and his granddaughter and the commercial goes i'm the chairman of the board as she jumps into a pool and is like what does this even mean what what does this mean Welcome to the Fresh Podcast Market. I am Panda, and I am here with my friend Teresa. How are you, Teresa? Oh, no. Here we go. Panda, I'm okay. Um, Yeah? Yeah, I'm okay. Just okay? Yeah, I don't have any funny quips to tell you. So, Bass upgraded from a studio apartment to a McMansion this past week. Wow, he's out. I bought her a new baby house. Um, she's afraid of it though. I she has interacted with it though twice today. Um, but she also does just use it as a gourmet scratching post so far. So I think That's better than nothing. Better than nothing. I also threw at her old scratching post so she better fucking use it as a scratching post. But I really hope she realizes that she can in fact sit on it. Because I don't think she's realized that yet. She's like leaned on the space but she hasn't picked her up and set her on i put her in it and she immediately jumped out off of it so the next step i think is to like rub my old stinky t-shirts on it so it smells like (laughs) me and then she'll lay on that's valid yeah and then if it still doesn't work for like maybe just like lay one of your old stinky t-shirts on it that's what i was thinking and maybe i'll do like the middle rung and not the top one she might be afraid of heights (laughs) maybe i don't know but how are you panned what's new with you well i ran out of animorphs audiobooks because they only have released books one through ten and my digging through the internet has enlightened me to the fact that apparently the first ten audiobooks for animorphs were recorded like basically all around the same time and then they were probably planning on doing more after the release of the first 10 but then the worldwide pandemic hit and it is more difficult to get people in a studio to record things so i don't know when or if I will be getting any more Animorphs audiobooks. But the good news is I can always fall back on the other nostalgia series that I was reading, Warrior Cats. Oh boy, here we go. And so I have, in the past few days, finished... I I finished one book that I was in the middle of and have listened to another, and I'm now... I'm on the fourth book in... (laughs) the warrior cats series and jimmy very very graciously will 
hear it from like the kitchen when I am cooking meals or doing dishes and not mercilessly mock me. Okay, I guess. I'm impressed by your dedication to the Warrior Cats. I never read Warrior Cats. I was strictly a Magic Treehouse bitch. But oh, I did li- love me some Magic Treehouse. House. However, I don't think as a 25 year old, I would go back and listen or read the Magic Treehouse books at this point. It's more like, okay, so there was like, there's multiple series of Warrior Cats books. Like there's like the first contained kind of like set of books. And then there's like another set of books that take place after that and so on and i only ever read like the first set of books and kind of fell off because i was getting older when they started to go into the next like major overarching plot line and at this point i'm kind of interested in finding out what happens after i finished reading okay so i'm just sort of working my way through the ones that I had read when I was a kid and uh if I keep up with it maybe I'll get to books that I hadn't read yet but uh I mean they're pretty short like in terms of audiobooks and they're pretty simple and I can just put them on while I'm like doing dishes or drawing or something okay I can respect so it's more filler for when i've caught up on podcasts Mm -hmm. at this point Mm -hmm. and if i don't feel like because i'm still working my way through the backlogs of queer wolf but Mm -hmm. if i don't quite feel like listening to a podcast i'll just put on an audiobook okay that's fair i could see that yeah i can respect that i guess i guess and it just i don't know like it it brings me a sort of like weird joy to be revisiting warrior cats i I mean it's like actually the other day i was talking about the sailor moon movies to a friend and yeah i was talking about how my favorite one was uh the dream-based one and i can't like remember what the names are anymore at this point because it's been a minute since i've watched them but I always... that was the the supers movie yeah right? i think so it was the supers one and uh because i had all three on vhs that were available that were the deep dub back in the day i rented it from blockbuster <laughs> so i actually owned all three and so like as a kid i was really really familiar with them so like so it's like talking about them it's like damn i kind of want to rewatch these now do you remember if it had in like the opening like song sequence like there was or not maybe like right before or right after the opening sequence there was like a scene where sailor mercury is making cookies and she yes like a glass to make indentations oh my god and i actually made cookies the other day doing exactly that and every time i make cookies i think of that scene and i think of how um chibiusas looked horrible but tasted really good while usagi's looked 
really good but tasted really awful and like that has stayed with me my whole entire life i seriously i like that was something that was like ingrained in my brain from watching the vh the rented vhs of that movie as a kid and I kind of had just like stored it away. And then when I rewatched that movie a few years ago, I realized that I like knew a lot because I thought I had not seen this movie in particular. But then when I started watching it, I was like, oh, no, I did watch this as a kid. <laughs> and I like remember everything. Yeah. It all came like flooding back. So that one is the Sailor Moon R movie, uh, Promise of the Rose, I'm pretty sure. No, no, Promise of the Rose Promise of the is... Rose is the one with the flower garden, my bad. And yes, then... Promise of the Rose is the one with the flower garden and Tuxedo Mask's parents got in a car accident yes. and he had an alien boyfriend when he was in yes, the hospital. Yes, yes, oh my god, yes. Another thing that I remembered about Sailor Moon and then when I was watching sailor moon in its entirety for the first time i was like this hasn't come up yet did i like did i imagine did i this? make did this, I dream up? this up <laughs> and then when i watched the movie i was vindicated wow i'm so glad for you i love this i we are not a sailor moon podcast so we should here stop. at the fresh podcast market we are a real podcast about fake podcasts it is my turn yes to go and i do kind of have a podcast idea and it is a podcast a, it, it kind of relates to a previous conversation that we had it's a podcast all about like coming of age novels and films okay like the 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 buildings roman or what however the fuck you say that word I just, like, it's a pretty varied genre, but, like, it's a phrase that can be applied to a- There there can be different kinds of of coming-of-age movies Mm -hmm. or novels, and I don't know, I think that it's interesting because it's usually adults writing about their time growing up, and it usually involves, like, their reflection on their own time growing up. Yeah. And how that, like- affects their view of the coming of age period mm-hmm. i don't know i i think that it's i think that it would be a a topic that would be interesting for a dedicated podcast i can respect that are there any coming of age stories that you are particularly fond of actually yeah so yeah i took a coming of age lit class in college so wow yeah so i actually okay i've read a few a fun fact about me i don't know if i ever talked about this on the podcast before but as a kid i actually did not like to read at all which is shocking for who i am now as a person but i i just had a really hard time learning how to read like i was one of the kids that actually had to like go on hooked on phonics and stuff like that i feel like maybe you've either you've mentioned it or it's something that you've told me and i just didn't realize that you hadn't talked about it on the show maybe i don't know sorry everybody if i did but uh long story short is in fifth grade i uh my love of reading actually sparked in fifth grade and it's responsible for by two books and those two books are a cricket in times square and let me see who wrote that. A Cricket in Times Square is by George Selden. And 
it is about um it was written in the 60s so like is it good i really don't remember because i was a child when i read it but it's about like a cricket and a cat befriending each other and it's just like something that's super that like stuck with me as like one of the things that like really got me to read and care about literature and then another actually is a year of the boar and jackie robinson and that is also a coming of age lit book that's really important to me and that is written by betty bow lord and it is about a girl who immigrates from china to the united states and it's just like a her trying to figure out and it's actually like like it's right after world war ii and stuff like that so it's it was really i mean like as a kid like it just made me want to read more so like i really do consider that like a really important coming of age story for me and then i also really like a mango shaped space by wendy mass which ended up being my favorite book from like seventh grade to like the time i read we've always lived on the castle like in junior year so that was like from age 12 to age 16 my favorite book so um there is some coming of age stuff i care about i guess okay yeah well that's fun so yeah you're i feel like you're slightly shocked but i actually have like a set answer for that i didn't i didn't expect it Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm glad that you did yeah I mean, when I think of, like, when I think of coming-of-age books, like, I guess the first one I think of is, like, fucking Catcher in the Rye. Which I've never read. I've never read I mean, that's valid. (laughs) Look, Catcher in the Rye is fine, but I don't feel like you, like, have to, I guess. Well, I mean, according to my mom, I do. I just never have. I mean, yeah, that that feels like a very neat opinion to have. My mom is an ex-English teacher, so... I haven't read Catcher in the Rye since I was in high school, so my opinion of it would be very skewed. I have some other coming-of-age recommendations, actually. Yes, please. So I was talking about it uh, before we recorded, but I think Gone Home is a really excellent coming-of-age piece. Oh, yeah. Um, It's a walking simulator game. It's about two hours long. It's constantly on sale if you have a Switch. And it is an LGBT coming out story and obviously it's interactive but I really 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 like it and I cried both times I played it and I just I thought it shows coming to terms with your sexuality and coming out really well and I enjoy it every time I play it and then also I recommended it on the podcast multiple times but Kids on the Slope which is an anime I feel like is also a really great coming of age um, experience as well one of my favorite coming-of-age books is a a newer book called Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe. Okay, I've never read it, but I know what it is. It is, it in my opinion, I think it is extremely good. When I read it the first time, like, it's one of the only books that I've read more than once. Like, normally when I read a book, like... I'm done with it unless I need to read it for a specific thing or like it's more recently and I've decided to revisit it for nostalgia reasons. Mm -hmm. But like this is one that I've read more than once just like for fun and I just it's queer and I feel like it really captures like this particular feeling of like falling in love with your best friend. And that's really exciting. 
It's uh, it's actually supposedly uh, the author has been working on a sequel, which I didn't think was going to be a thing, and uh, so that I don't I, I don't even know what stage of publishing that is in, but sometimes apparently that's a thing that's going to be happening, and I'm very excited about it. Mm. I know I I had to read like a bunch of coming of age type stuff in high school but i it was stuff that i didn't really care about like a separate piece mm-hmm. or stuff like that okay i could i could see that would this be strictly only books and movies or like would games and anime be allowed like i mentioned i feel like it would probably be focused on books and movies because that's kind of the popular meeting medium for these types of stories but i don't think that games and anime would be out of the realm of possibility maybe guest episodes would be yeah out of a norm i think that could be fun i mean could you consider beastars a coming of age (laughs) manga like manga slash anime i yeah i would consider i would consider beastars a coming of age i feel like there's a lot of things that can be considered coming of age like god forbid yeah like Stranger Things can be considered that at this point, you know? Sure. I mean, I think of more... When I think of coming of age, I guess I think of more, like, grounded stuff, like, I don't know, like, book smart. Okay. So, like, less fantasy and sci-fi, but more realistic fiction. Not that fantasy and sci-fi can't have coming of age stories, but, like, I don't know. I think of coming of age being a little more grounded, but, like, that could also just be my my own biases. That's, I could, I could see that. I'm okay with yeah. that. I mean, I also, maybe, like, the people who are hosting can argue if it is coming of age or not. Because I feel yeah. like stuff that's about, like, just teens isn't always a coming of age oh for sure you know so i feel like that could definitely be a topic to talk about in this i agree because especially like what counts as coming of age like there's kind of a there's a predominantly there's a predominant whiteness to yes the the way that coming of age stories have been told for the most part and i feel like there's a lot of area to expand on like what that means like is moonlight a coming of age movie i think so yeah i mean it is more about a whole entire life than it is a coming of age but you do still see some gross yeah. understanding i uh it was just the first like thing that popped into your mind <laughs> it was the first non-white coming of age adjacent <laughs> thing that popped into my mind yeah I, I mean, like, I guess is Last Black Man in San Francisco a coming of Actually, I still haven't seen that, so I cannot. I have a coming of age recommendation that's yeah? about people of color. Dope. I don't know if you've ever seen Dope before. I've heard of Dope. I really like Dope. I also feel, but also, like, it is a story of, like, oh, shit, we have drugs. What do we do with this story? Which is unfortunate yeah. that that has to be what we see as a, pe- a person of color Yeah, coming of age piece. I mean, could you consider, see, there we go. Attack the Block is a bunch of, like, 12 to 17-year-olds, like. Oh, I love Attack the Block. Attack the, wait, you have, what? 
I said I love it. I thought you said I haven't seen it. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, no. I actually, uh, funny enough, I watched Attack the Block in like a, like a a college course. Whoa, very nice. Yeah. It was, it was like an English 2 class, but like there was a part of the uh, curriculum was about like monsters. And I guess that's the way that my teacher justified showing us attack the block i respect that really hard actually it was really really good attack the block has been one of those things that i was like oh shit i want to watch this oh shit i want to watch this and every time i go to watch it it's like just been taken off the streaming service and then i finally saw that it was on demand and it was like leaving in less than 24 hours i'm like today's the day so i i watched it last year that's one that i've been meaning to watch again soon Mm because jimmy hasn't seen it oh uh i mean hey it's something like brigsby bear a coming-of-age movie, even though it's yes. about a 20-something-year-old. People would people would not agree that Brigsby Bear is a coming-of-age movie, but I will. I feel like it is. Like, I feel like it's somebody, despite it being about somebody in their 20s, I still think it holds all of the properties of a coming-of-age story. And I think the discussion of deciding what is there an age limit on coming-of-age is also something that could be talked about in this podcast yeah, as well. Yeah, I agree. Because who decides what coming of age means? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a name for the podcast. I mean, you could just call it coming of age. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can make the theme. What's that? uh, Foster the People song. Isn't there a Foster the People song that talks about coming of age? I'm coming of age. Feels like I'm coming Yeah. See, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That could be the opener. If you can get Hell the yeah. to it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any much more other We just, ideas. like, we kind of just, like, sunk that one in one. Yeah. Really. Buckets. I, I'm brain dead right now. It was a very long day. I'm sorry. That's okay, Teresa. I, I don't want to be, though. I'd like to be present, but brain be like crunch noises today. Well, uh, wait, I have an you... idea for this podcast. I have something else. Yes. So what about bonus episodes being like people's hallmark coming of age media? Ooh. Like we were talking about a fever you can't sweat out earlier. We were. And I have a friend. You didn't tell me why you tweeted what you did about a fever you can't oh, sweat out. This morning I woke up feeling immense existential dread and i was in my car and i was like that's it i'm listening to yees if it kills me so i went to go reach for my ipod and my aux cord to plug into my car and then i looked down and it's like what cds do i actually have because i foolishly don't have my yees copy in my car and now that i'm talking about it i will put my yees copy on my dresser for me to remember to bring it to my car and there was a fever you can't sweat out and i was like damn let's listen to this motherfucker and fun fact but when i pressed the eject button on my semi new car a copy of a charlie brown christmas came out and I definitely do not own that CD. So the girl who had my car before me, I guess, had sandpaper fingers and listened to a Charlie Brown Christmas in the car. So to go back to what I was saying, I had a friend growing up that always joked that A Fever You Can't Sweat Out is an album that makes a boy into a man. And that's what it was for her. And that like A Fever You Can't Sweat Out was like an album that really like 
helped shift her into adulthood. And I actually feel that way about Man Man's Life Fantastic. So I I feel like I would love to hear what the hosts have to say are like the pieces of media that like help connect them to coming of age and like their personal oh. growth, I think might be a really fun topic as well. Yeah. But that fly. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't disagree. Cool. I'm glad. Now that we're getting towards the end of our, our 30 minutes, mm-hmm. it's time to enter the good vibe zone. Oh, shit. Teresa, what have you brought to the good vibe zone? I've been watching what we do in the shadows with my mom. I, I still haven't watched it's it. I know. Really I know it's so good. I know it is really good. I'm like, and oh. Herb and Kim have been trying to get me to watch it. That makes perfect sense that Herb and Kim love it. Like, Like, I love the movie. I just have not gotten around to watching the TV show. Like, I barely know Herb and Kim, and that makes perfect sense that they love it. It makes me so happy. I love it. I feel like you would really love all of them for different reasons. I feel like I would, too. I just, I think it's neat. I kin Colin Robinson. Actually, no, that's a lie. I don't kin Colin Robinson. I kin Jenna in the first season (laughs) i love jenna i would die for her she's like not in the second season at all though which makes me really sad i have three episodes left of the second season but this show like it's all i want to talk about like i have friends who like have already caught up and stuff like that so like they just watch me gleefully watch it and it's something that i get to watch with my mom i find it genuinely funny um, and I'm obsessed with it. Like it brings me so much joy in these awful, awful times. Whenever I watch it, I will absolutely text you about Please. it. Please, I would love to hear your reactions to everything. And like, I'm I'm sorry for people who like don't watch it or don't care for it, but like I love it. So you're gonna have to hear me talk about it. The amount of people that they get to guest star on the show. Oh, I've heard about the guest stars. Is like amazing taika calling in those favors really taika really is or like taika's like hey do you want to be on my show and i'm just like fuck yeah like i don't want to like like i won't tell you when and who they are but like people from like christian Schall to like tilda swinton are in episodes wow i heard about mark hamill yeah mark hamill's an episode uh Haley joel osmond is in like two episodes incredible Danny Trejo. Sora Kingdom Hearts. Danny Trejo. There's a guy whose name I cannot remember right now. And then my the name that my brain supplied to me was a Beck character. Oops. <laughs> um, wait, wait. What what was the name? Um, it was. I'm, I'll tell you later. Don't worry. Okay. But there's like, I mean, like, God forbid, Danny Trejo, Tilda Swinton, and Christian Skull are in the same episode together. Like Doug Jones. Incredible. Doug Jones is in it and he gets to play a comedic role and it's like my favorite thing I've ever seen him in it's so good I love it so much so that is my good vibe zone please tell me yours I okay so the we talked about you and I talked about summer camp island before we started recording yeah the the showrunner and creator for summer camp Mm -hmm. island was doing a thing where if you donated money like of a certain amount to organizations working for like queer black 
people like the Marsha P. Johnson Institute and the Okra Project mm-hmm. and stuff like that, she would send you a drawing of either like a Summer Camp Island character or like like you, you she she was taking requests, but she would draw you a picture and send it in the mail. So I have a I now have a picture of my favorite Summer Camp Island character drawn by the show creator on my fridge while I I wait to get a frame for it. That's so fun. I love that. My donation was to the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. Nice. This past November, I got a commission of bass in uh, the Bridge Baby tube from Death Stranding. You sure did. And she is still sitting on, hung up on. So we have a fridge that doesn't have like a magnety front, but we have fake French doors in my kitchen. So bass is hung up on one of our, on the fake door in our kitchen. I really want, when it is like economically feasible for me, I want to, or financially feasible for me, I want to commission someone to do, like, a portrait or something of Ditto. That'd be really good. I have a friend right now who's doing, like, traditional Americana-style pet portraits, so... And I was thinking about getting fast done with, like, a little beekeeper motif, because uh, this person's persona is also a bee, so I feel like he would really appreciate it. That's really cute. I just... I, you know what it is? Like, Mr. Krabs' voice, you're spending all me money. Like, I just, I have to stop myself from just getting commissions of my cat because this would be hey, like. But you've been, you've been very fiscally responsible lately. I have, but like, I still it's, shouldn't do it. Like, I already it's have what three you commissions deserve. of bass. Like, the same way that parents get like photos of their children done professionally and hang them up on the wall. Like, that's me and bass. I want a painting of ditto in some capacity i love that i wish i could like do oil painting really well so then i could just do like really bougie paintings of all of my friends pets i think it'd be really fun maybe if jimmy and i get to move maybe that'll be a housewarming present to myself that'd be really good a portrait of ditto that i can put up in the living room you do like a really really bougie gold frame too yes that'd be really fun it'd be so good yes okay i'm sweating let's wrap this up if you would like to follow the show on twitter you can do that at fresh bod market if you'd like to follow me on twitter you can do that at impandanata tease where can people find you online you could follow me at vicuniad v-i-c-u-n-a-d you could also follow us on tumblr but that is redacted information <laughs> you could send your ideas for a podcast or if you want to be a part of the show or some way or form you can shoot us personal messages on twitter or you could send it to the uh, podcast twitter or you could email us at freshpodcastmarket at gmail.com if you liked our theme song that was cul-de-sac sunset by hopefully not bad live on soundcloud.com that is our producer jimmy at jimothy j-a-a-m on twitter and we also, if you want to hear us talk about whatever we've been watching or reading or consuming lately that we didn't mention in the main show, you can hear that on the Patreon and you can find the link to that anywhere you can find us on the internet. Yeah. Thank you for joining me at the Fresh Podcast Market, Teresa. Thanks for joining me at the Fresh Podcast Market, Pand. Everybody, we have to finish this episode now because I really have to poop all of a sudden. Have a good one. Bye-bye.